Welcome to the Rams Writer Podcast. Tight angle, cross to Pearson, Pearson scores! Stephen Pearson scores for Derby County! Wisdom, it's right! For Scythe, heads on goal. It's looping. It's yeah! in! <laughs> it's, it's Craig for Scythe with a looping header at the back post. Sibley shoots across goal. Yeah! He scored! Louis Sibley in the 90th minute. The goal we wanted has come. Hello and welcome back to the Rams Writer podcast. So big news has hit today. Paul Warren has become the new Derby County manager. Big shock for some people, others not so shocked. I'm joined by two special guests to talk us through their reactions. First of all, my partner in crime, Christopher Holt. Good morning. Good evening, Christopher. How are you doing, my friend? Good evening, Simon. How are you? I'm all right, pal. I'm all right. And from the Rams Review podcast, it's Corey Hancock. Corey. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Simon, great to be back on the show with you, Chris. Good evening to you as well. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff going on. So, yeah, it is. It's it's never a dull moment at Derby County, is it? Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go straight into it. obviously yesterday. Then, um, it was announced by the media that Liam Rossini had been um, well relieved of his duties and was going to be put back on the coaching staff, which I think. It is shocked to a lot of people initially. Um, and then today, Paul Warns announces the new manager, obviously taken from Rotherham, you know, an experienced League One manager. He's a bit of a yo-yo manager. Seems to take him up and down and up and down. I'm going to start with Corey. Corey, then, initial reactions then to yesterday's news about Liam? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think we'd heard grumblings on, on, you know, through social media for a while that there was, that there was kind of something brewing and whatever. And you kind of looked at it and said, you know, Liam Rossini has been here. It's, you know, end of September. He's still the interim manager. Um, I think many of us thought he maybe had done enough to get the full-time job when, when you look at, you know, purely as a statistical, purely as a statistical basis, right? Sixth in the league. We've had a lot of turnover you know, this team is going to get better as these teams gel. We had, we had played well in fits and starts, but we hadn't put it together for 90 minutes, but, Oh, if we do put it together for 90 minutes, then we know we're going to be a really good, a really good side. So I think that being said, he still had the interim tag and it always kind of felt like Liam was never going to be the guy that was going to, to take Darby forward. I mean, I hearken back to, you know, let's go back to the dark days of Philip Kaku. Um, he was brought in as a coach. Kaku is sacked. Who gets the job? The man with the coaching badges, Liam Rossignor, or the man who doesn't have all of his coach doesn't have as many coaching badges as Liam Rossignor, Wayne Rooney. Well, Wayne Rooney gets the job, Rossignor second. And he's kind of always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And then Rooney leaves on the Friday. We start training on the Monday, and then they go, uh, let's just give it to Liam Rossignor because he's been here and, and he's a good young coach, and boom, and he's kind of there. So in some respects, it just kind of feels like it just kind of it just kind of feels weird, and I think that again, I can understand why they made the decision, which we're going to talk about because i'm I'm going to kind of play both sides here. but the the argument with this is 
Darby wanted loyalty. Leader Machine, you showed him loyalty. We know he interviewed for the Blackpool job, but he kind of stayed with Darby. He could have easily left with Rooney and said, look, I'm going to leave myself with this. He's been kind of left with a bit of a short deck signing players. I don't think we've got as much depth as what we probably need to have. Um, those players need time to gel. Uh, 11 games, is that really enough? Probably not. Um, and, you know, again, we, I talked about this yesterday on our, on our reaction podcast to, to the news of it, Simon. Liam Senior is such a nice and likable guy that this hurts more because he's so nice and likable. If he was a complete jerk, I don't think anyone really care. But he's just such a nice bloke. I, I think that, I think that might be his downfall, though. That that's that's part of it, right? He's just too nice. He's just too nice to it. Um, and just the one thing, you know, Darby, we wanted them to just have a quiet off season, or sorry, quiet close season, um, and a quiet you know start to the season where David Klaus can get under the thing and we can continue to move on. And we're back in the headlines again, and we're sixth in the league. It's not like we're necessarily struggling, but as I said last night on our podcast, have we ever seen? Have we seen Darby improve from opening day on Oxford? And I, I personally don't think we have seen the team improve massively from Oxford to where we are now. And I think that's probably the downfall. And you can see that in the in the statement that, that Darby put out earlier today. Yeah, Chris, your thoughts? Obviously, you rang me. I remember you ringing me yesterday going, what's all this about Racine here? You, you, you sounded very shocked. Um, now, now you've had time to sort of digest it. Are you still feeling a bit shocked? Do you still think it was the right decision to get rid of him? Or um, it was interesting. I I got a I met someone yesterday for a meeting, and they're a confidant of uh, the Klaus family, shall we say? Um, and they're, they're related, and uh, they told me that something was stirring, and I thought it would be to do with the back room or the sorry the up in the uh, head offices, shall we say, with the directors and what have you. But then when I saw the rumblings of Liam going, and as Curry said, it's there has been no improvement. I still backed him all the way. I still believe that the football was pretty. But now you sit down and think about it, Corey's right. I look at the performances and I think to myself, there hasn't been any drastic change. Um, we've become obvious almost which is worrying as a football club. When you see the team going out there and playing the obvious strategies, especially from the back, we got we got worked out by lower echelon teams in the league. And that's what worried me, the fact that the likes of Lincoln uh, beat us, the likes of Fleetwood shut us out, the likes of Shrewsbury shut us out. It shouldn't be happening with the quality you have. So is he too nice? Absolutely. Is there more to it? I think there is. I think this. I don't think this is necessarily about football. One thing I was told was that David Clouds is expecting promotion this year. Um, there's no second if, buts, or maybes. He 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 wants top two. Yeah. So interestingly enough, then Liam has seen you. Then one thing I noticed in his press conferences at the start of the season, it was uh, our target is playoffs. After Wickham, that suddenly changed uh, our target is top two. Now, I wasn't really shocked when the news came through because, in fairness, after those two defeats to Plymouth and then Lincoln, people were calling for his head because they thought, what's going off here? I think the Wickham win papered over some cracks. Like you've both said, have we improved? No, not really. We're playing the same football as we played last season. 
it wasn't great last season, but I think people are, are, are sort of um, could, didn't want to didn't want to see how bad the football was because of the situation we were in. You tried saying anything negative about how we performed. Who you got blasted on social media for it? That how long is that going to last? Because you know you, you get it now. You try and give your opinion. Yeah, we played poor again today, and it's oh yeah, but just think where we were. It doesn't matter where we were. Look at the players we signed. You know, we failed to bring in a right back, which was a necessity. You know, I know we, I know Liam said he tried to get two right backs in, um, but they both went to championships clubs. Well, then you should have made it. But you know, if that was a priority, that was a priority. We had no right backs at the club, but we couldn't bring one in. I just think that I just thought that the um, there was there was there was just too much history. With Rossini, you know, don't get me wrong, great guy. You know, can't can't fault him at all for the fact that he stuck with us and he's helped rebuild this team. But there was a reason he, he was he was made interim, and that was the fact that obviously I think they didn't think he was had the balls to take this club back to the championship. So I think it's a great move that he's that they've they've gone for a manager. I mean, we spoke before the season started, before we'd appointed a manager, and I said Paul Warren would be someone that's on my list to get in for, because of his history. You know, I know people say, yeah, but he just goes down again. Yeah, but he's never really been backed by Rotherham, has he? Let's be honest. And look where they are now. They're eighth in the championship, doing well, doing all right. But for me, yeah, Rossini, I just think this tippy-tappy passing possession-based football, at the end of the day, possession doesn't win your games. Scoring goals wins your games. My, my other doubt, my other gripe is the fact that we cannot score or win away from home. If you can't do that, you're not going to get promoted. We've we not been do it able like... to do that as a football club, Simon, for three or four years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we can't, we can't, since he's been here, we've not been able to win away from home. Now, again, last season, you could say it's mentality of that team. It's a whole different team and we still can't do it away from home. So something's not right. So personally, I'm not fussed that he's gone. I'm quite happy to have Paul Warren in there. Interesting enough, I put a poll out on Twitter yesterday, um, which just to sort of get people's like initial reactions about, not about Paul Warren coming in, but just about uh, Resenia. And it's it's literally pretty much evens. Um, I put thoughts on Resenia being demoted from manager, right decision, should have stuck with him or not sure. It's it's had 971 votes. 36% said it was the right decision. 32 said they should have stuck with him. 32 weren't sure. So I think it's a decision that it shocked a lot of the fans and... It, it will be one that I guess it could define our season now. I mean, Corey, Paul Warren, are you happy that we've brought him in? Well, Simon, before I talk about that, I want to hark on the point that you just mentioned there when we were just talking about fixtures. I'm just looking at the league games here. Oxford, we won 1-0. That was a hurricane yeah. strike in the last 15 minutes. We could have easily, that would have, that could have easily been nil-nil. We lost to Charlton. Sure, we drew with Shrewsbury and Fleetwood, nil, nil. We beat Peterborough. Peterborough did have 10 men for, I think it was, what, over half the game. Uh, we capitulated against Plymouth. We lost to Lincoln in a terrible performance at Central Bank, and then we beat Wickham. So I think, in a way, you're right. It's like, hey, we beat Wickham. It kind of papers over the cracks. But we had been talking about, and certainly on our podcast, we had been having conversations, and I'm sure you have as well. We didn't have a plan B. We didn't have anything. We, we played one way, and these teams can snuff it out. These teams sit in a low block. Hey, guess what? We can give you the big one because this is when we look at our where we're going to get our points from. It's not going to be from Derby, the way they kind of set out. We can sit deep, try to hit you on the break. If you get one, great, but you're not going to break us down and we'll leave with a point. So Charlton did it. Charlton sat back. 
Caught yeah. us on the counter. Lincoln sat back. Caught us on the counter. Because that's what and, teams are going to do when they play Derby because they're, they are scared of the size of the club. They're scared of when they come to Pride Park and there's a lot of things. Derby is a big team in this league. And I'm sure they would do that against Ipswich or Portsmouth or the other big teams. You know, but that's what these that's what these other teams are going to do, because when they look at the thing to try to pick up their points. Right. And, I'm, you know, oh, are we going to be able to pick up points here or whatever? They're not looking at Darby's. Oh, they're going to get three, maybe one. If we're great, if we can snatch a win. Fantastic. That's helps us. But, you know, let's figure out that we're probably going to get beat. And Chris, you'll like this one because you always play the delighted bingo. How can a manager say I was delighted with that performance after we've lost? I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss. <laughs> I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss delighted bingo. I think he said it 13 times on interview, Corey, and I found that staggering. Before I uh, sort of put my tenth penny in, Corey, what's your thoughts on Paul Warren? Sorry about. That. Um, yeah, I mean Paul Warren. I mean he's got a tremendous track record. Um, obviously the the club have been building up his three promotions. Obviously he's also been relegated three times. Um, so you know there there is obviously good for the bad. He won the Papa John's Pizza Trophy, which. Mm, that would be amazing if somebody wanted a pizza me at the end of the season uh, or a slice of the cup or a slice of victory, you know, pepperoni over my pie with that kind of, that kind of, uh, that kind of magic into the pizza cup. I mean, I get my championship t-shirt printed right now, baby. I'm all for it. I'm all in. I had, Papa a, Papa John's, John's I had a Papa John's pizza on Monday. Papa John's pizza trophy champions. Cannot pizza fault cup. it at, at all. So Papa John's, if you're listening and you want to sponsor us, you know where we are. <laughs> I don't know why. Why does he use product placement when it's not a sponsor? Jeez, just say generic. There are other pizza availables, but they're yeah, all expensive exactly. and rip off. So I'm partial to a Costco pizza myself. Um, but as yeah, the I, me, as the three yeah, pounds I mean, or whatever it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back. We'll get back anyway, on to the point. Paul Warren. Warren. <laughs> yeah, thank you, uh, Paul Warren, lookalike host man. Um, so. Uh, yeah, Paul Warren. I mean, he's got a tremendous track record. I don't think he plays the most. I don't think he plays the direct football that, that you know people were kind of banning about um, on uh, on the socials last night. We spoke to a Rotherham podcast last night when it became apparent he was going to become the manager. We got a blog out to explain a little bit about you know what he kind of brings to the table. They say he's very tactically flexible. He likes to play a three five two, but he can adapt very quickly based off the players that he has. Um, youth and experience. He likes to kind of have a mix. Um, and again, it's based off of what's available in the squad. You know, he had a, an old center half at Rotherham. He's got some old center halves at Derby to work with. So, you know, um, and I think with the quality of players that he has available, I mean, maybe man for man, yes, Rotherham are eighth in the championship, but Derby do have some quality players. I don't think they're all firing right now. I think obviously Jason's night energy is being missed in midfield. We don't have a right back. So that's kind of hampering things a little bit. Um, James Collins is not really hit the ground running. Um, Connor Hurahane, there's, there's, questions about his positioning. So maybe he can come in and use the same personnel and just shift them ever so slightly into a different, you know, instead of a square peg round hole, square peg, square hole kind of mentality, you know, he can take that energy level up another five or 10% and um, the quality level. And I don't think that we're too far away. I don't think that this is a situation where we're sitting back going, man, Liam Rossinier really did a terrible job. Like I feel bad for the guy because he was doing the best he could and we were still competing. And I don't think it's a situation where, I wanted Liam Rossini to leave or I was desperate for him to leave or anything like that. It's just when you look at it, like you said, Chris, when you look at it now that the dust is kind of settled. Yeah. Things weren't great. We probably could have gotten better and we're not that far away because we have seen this Derby team. And I think that's the most frustrating thing for me. We have seen this Derby team play well in fits and starts. We have just never put it together for 90 minutes or for 180 minutes or for 270 minutes over a course of several games. And I think that, you know, he, he, Paul Warren could potentially come in 
and just elevate the game just ever so slightly that it takes us to an entirely different level with using the exact same personnel. I mean, he's going to have to use them transfer windows closed, but I just don't, I don't think, I don't think it's too much needs to be changed. I just think it's small, minor tweaks and those smarter, small, minor tweaks will lead us on a much brighter path to success. Um, and whether that's Paul Warren or that's another manager coming in with different ideas, you know, it, it could, it could potentially be any manager, but, uh, but Paul Warren's in. So, you know, he's the Derby County manager. So obviously I want him to do well. I think Simon, on my side of things, there's a few things that, that concern me. Um, we're still under embargo. Um, and I'm not convinced that Paul Warren has the name that will attract players on... Yeah, Derby County is an attractive proposition, but I do know that Liam did use his um, contacts and his previous understanding with players to attract them. Chesney, for one, James Chester, classic example. Um, the other thing that concerned me, as I mentioned last night on, on the radio, is these aren't Paul Warren's players. And I'm not convinced that this squad was the squad was was put together last minute and it got culturized, I call it, by the Liam Senior way. I look at that them players that we have, I'm not convinced that they can be molded into the Paul Warren way. That's my opinion. I don't think they're strong enough. Yes, he doesn't play direct football, I agree with Corey, but he's always had very athletic physical teams. He's a former He's a former fitness coach himself. Glad you brought that up. And I and I'm I, I'm concerned that the squad and where they're at at the moment. I've said from day one, I still think Derby will get promoted. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm always the optimist rather than the pessimist. But I am concerned that this this team, this squad, and where they're at at the moment may not be enough for Paul Warren to do his magic. Well, I'm glad you brought up about him being a fitness coach because I still think we are nowhere near fit. Mm. When you're getting players like Barkhausen who would run around for 90 minutes for Preston, can only do it for 70 for Derby. The the two weeks of pre-season, how long are we going to use that excuse for? That's That's gone now. These players should be match fit. They've played 14, 15 games of it, something like that, including the Cups. They should be match fit now. And I think that would be one thing that Warren focuses on is fitness. Obviously, Corey there mentioned he uses a 3-5-2. We have the players to do that. We switched to a 3-5-2 formation, second half against Wickham. You know, I I get what you're saying about are these the right type of players, but this is now where he has to motivate those players. To, and that's And I think that's where he will be good as a manager to do that because... I watched them We Are Derby documentary things that, that obviously Derby County do on YouTube. And we've said it before, but Liam just seems too nice. He doesn't, he seems like he's trying to create a culture that everybody's all friendly and, you know, and maybe it's because he's close to a lot of the players' ages. He's trying to relate to them. And I think that's where he's going to struggle as a manager because I don't look at Liam Senior and go, he's going to put his foot down. He's going to give someone a bollock in. If, if they've been, if, if they've done something wrong, it doesn't seem that sort of person. Whereas I, he, he strikes me, sure. Simon, very much the same way. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, he fine. strikes me as a guy who's behind the scenes coaching, not a manager. Mm -hmm. He seems to me, and, and you get this, like you just get people that are just better at coaching than they are at managing. And you, people might sit here and go, well, it's the same thing. All you got to do is talk to the press and do a yeah. press conference. It's a little bit, it's it, the nuances are a little bit different, it, very much the same, but they're like cousins. They're, look the same but they're different mm. um 
and I think he's just a much better coach than what he is a manager. And that's not a knock at Liam Rossinger. I rate him. A lot yeah. of other, he doesn't need me to rate him. Who am I? A lot <laughs> of other people in the game, in the FA, rate him um, and everything like that. But he just doesn't seem like he's got that that edge to him that I think managers need to have. Yeah, and that's and I think that's where obviously Paul Warren. If anybody's seen the clips on Twitter about, oh, I can't what is it? I can't remember the name of the podcast now. You it was it, a right? BBC Five Live, yeah, podcast or whatever. Moments of truth, isn't yeah. It? And you you listen, you hear Paul Warren giving a pre-match talk, and you think, okay, that's that's what these players need. They need a kick up the arse. They don't need an arm around the shoulder. Because you look at the performances against Lincoln, you look at the capitulation against Plymouth. Like the Plymouth game, we were tuning up at half time, and I and I went, I said at half time, I says, we do not deserve to be tuning up. We had we had a mistake from their defender that Didzy pounced on and you know gave Collins a tap in, and we had a moment of absolute genius from Mendes Lang. Other than that, nothing. Plymouth looked the better side. Um, Lincoln, we just didn't show up. We didn't even show up in the second half, neither. Let's be honest. And you're thinking, right, we're a goal down. You'd, you'd, there was such a shocking performance in the first half. You'd think you'd have your manager yelling at you, give me a bit of hair dry treatment. But no, it didn't. Or well, nothing changed. And I just think, as much as I like Liam Senior, the guy, the coach, don't think, unless he can change the way he manages, I don't think. Because you even you even see Pep Guardiola normally nice and cool on the sidelines, but you see him in the changing room. He's a totally different character. He will he will he will be nice and friendly and stuff, but he will change like that if he has to. And I just don't think we've seen he's got that part of him. And I think Chris, you were adamant that we were going to get promoted this season. Adamant, still am, still am. Right. Well, now we've got the manager that can do that for us. My yeah, doubts my... with with with, with I still believe Paul Warren will be able to get the best out of these players. We'll be playing a three-five-two, and I think it, it will take. I think I don't think we'll we'll gel straight away. I think it will take a couple of weeks. But I think if we are if we if we are pushing towards top two by January, then we'll we'll, we'll win the league. I think I think the the gap between seven points us in the top two have of course of caused this reaction. Um, I also think I would love to know who made the decision because yes, if it has made that decision, was it David Close or was it Mr. Pierce? Well, if it was Mr. Pierce, and um, I have my history of Mr. Pierce, as you know, um, I would want to know he is part of the old regime that that ultimately failed because it yeah. feels that's what this feels like. Yeah, he's advising on the new regime. If he is, of course, mm-hmm. I've been told he is. Mm-hmm. I've been told that um, that he had his uh, tennis penny on this decision and was fundamentally running with it. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to know, and Corey, this is where I bring you in. I would have personally got a structure in first of scouting of a board of football directors, not a board of construction directors, a board of football directors. Now, this may be the first of the jigsaw, but in the reverse way if that makes sense. And you may find that Paul Warren brings in other people on scouting, etc. But, Corey, don't you find it a little bit... Who who do you think made the decision? I I would... As, to quote Jose Mourinho, I prefer not to speak about Stephen Pierce because if I speak, I'll be in trouble because... You won't, don't worry. No, I, I would just <laughs> prefer not to speak on Stephen Pierce on the air. That's that's what I'll officially say. But, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right, Chris, in, in the way that... Um, it, 
when I look at Darby right now, I still see I still see a shell of a club. I don't look at them as the force that we have known them in years past. I don't see them as a club that is robust. I don't see them as a club that has a lot of a lot of footballing brain inside the club right now because obviously last season was scaled down, right? Every a lot of people lost their jobs, administration, people left. We've changed ownerships. We've had administration. I feel like the club's kind of been gutted a bit. Um, and I agree. I think I think that you need the, the work. I said this last night on the podcast. This is where David Klaus, this is the line in the sand, okay? The new era of, like Simon was saying at the beginning, well, six weeks ago, you know, people say this on Twitter, right, Simon? Oh, well, six weeks ago, we didn't have a club. And, you know, a year ago, we were going to go out of business and whatever. That's gone, okay? The season has started. We're in League One, okay? The excuses are finished. Everybody's got, we've got players now. We don't have a lot, but we've got players. Oh, we're under transfer burgers. Whatever. We're still playing. We're playing with the, all the other teams. What's happened in the past with Mel Morris and what's happened in the past with the administrators and what's happened in the past with having five players in the reserve, those excuses are gone. We're, we're, we're what? Let's let's just say for the sake of the argument, we're 10 league games into the season. I think we're at nine, right? Like, because we would have had 10 at this point. We're 10 league games into the season. David Klaus has made the marker in the sand and the new era starts now. This is David Klaus's first big decision that he's had to make as an owner. Okay. David Klaus has the owner because he pays the bills. He, he pays everybody else's decision makers. He pays them the money. So you would assume he has the final sign off. This is where we start judging David Klaus. Now, Paul Warren, if he doesn't do very well and doesn't have a really good thing, first of all, they gave the guy a four-year deal. Okay. We're a league one football club and they gave him a four-year deal. So if it goes pear-shaped, Good luck with that. That's next to a lot of money. No, I'm just saying it's a lot of money. He's also brought what three assistants with him. So the entire coaching staff's gone. They're on four year contracts. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of, that's a lot to commit to somebody in, in league one. Okay. Um, But this is his first, this is David Klaus's first big decision. And this is where he will be judged. Now he has made this decision and this is how we go. Now, like Simon says, if we're running away and we're top two at January, fantastic. That was a great freaking decision. Let's go with it. But if we're still struggling, we're still limping, a lot of the goodwill that David Klaus has 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 got with this football club, you have to start to look at him because he's the one who's making these decisions in, in a way. Yes, he wants to get promotion. So does every other team. And I know why he wants to get promotion because he wants to get return on investment on the money that he paid to buy the football club out of administration. It's always going to be the aim. If we're in League One next season, it's going to be financially crippling, and I don't think David Klaus will be here because we'll have, you know. I agree. I I think if we go up to the championship, I don't think David Klaus will be here in eighteen months. I agree. I agree. I, agree. I, I think I talked to Kieran McGuire not too long ago on our podcast. I don't know if you guys had listened to it, but he said we have an owner in Kieran McGuire, or we have an owner in David Klaus, but a reluctant owner. He bought the stadium. He said, "Look." the guy's doing hardball here. The club's going to go bust and I'm left with an asset that has, that has no value in a football stadium with no team. So I might as well just pay an extra 20 million to get the team. And then it protects my other investment. So I don't, I think he's a reluctant owner. Seems like a nice man. Thank you for saving the football club, David. Appreciate it. Whatever. But, but the business starts now because you've made this decision. You've given four-year contracts, which in my mind is ludicrous. I, I think a four-year contract for a manager is absurd. Four years for a player is absurd. Four years for a manager is absurd because they just chew them up and spit them out. I mean, hell, we could have waited six months and got Steve Cooper because he's going to get sacked from Forrest before, probably after the World Cup. I'm just saying, you know, maybe sacked he would be them, mate. Bloody hell. 
Huh? He'll be sacked before then. No, but you know what I mean? I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking that if, if, unless they turn it around, then he becomes available. Then you sit there and go, Jesus Christ, we could have got Steve Cooper or Paul Warren. I'd rather have Steve Cooper because he's got a proven track record over many years at higher levels of the championship and at England youth level and stuff like that. The, and the, so, more, the more you've mentioned this four-year contract... I see. Of... I see the cold sweat breaking out on your on your perfectly <laughs> manicured dome. Thanks, mate. <laughs> no, I mean, it's twenty twenty six. I mean, that's mental. It is, but it, it reminds it... players two year contract, Simon. I know yeah. it reminds me of when we signed Koku because that was a four year deal. And as that well, worked really. out well, didn't it? And this is what I mean. This is what who's who's making these decisions. And I mean, let's, I'm let's sure be honest. That, I'm I, know, sure I get, that... I get. David Clowes is a businessman. I get that, but his his business is properties. This is football. This is a whole different well, ball game. That, that goes to that goes to what Chris was saying. Is we have to have the structures in place. Now, David Clowes has made his bed. He has to lie in it. And now, to finish that off, before I get off my soapbox and put that away, we need to have the scouting system. We need to have a boardroom. We need to have football people in place. We don't have that. When I said it's a shell of a football club, it's essentially like three people running the show with all their secretaries and then it's the playing staff because everybody else has been gutted. We need to start building back those things. Joe McLaren's left from the scouting department. Thank God. Get someone with a passport, whatever. You'll probably get man United job or some crap like that. Cause his dad's assistant there. All I could say is thank God 10 hogs in a job or else we have in return to the Mac 5.0, which I don't think I could deal with. I'd be retiring. He'll be sporting director. What do you mean? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Consultant. Quote, consultant. Um, yeah, but we, we need to build the board back. We need to build the scouting team back. And we don't have that. And we're making decisions to sign a manager on a four-year contract. And I agree with you, Chris. He might very well turn around and say, hey, I know these scouts and I know these people that might be very well and good. But it gives me the same cold sweats as when, harken back to the dark days of Chris Kirchner, when there was rumors of his agent being the director of football and all these things. It just gets too weird. Okay, it gets too weird. If you have too much group thinking a football club, it can go pear shaped because ten people go. It's like when I talked to some of the Blackburn Rovers guys, they were never going to sack Tony Mowbray because he knew the chief executive and they were buddies with the owner. So it was like a little mafia and they could do whatever they wanted and they ran the club. You need to build the other structures and we don't have that in place. Now we've made this big decision as manager. Now it's time, David Klaus, to get some football people in who understand the game. Okay. Not saying that you don't understand the game. That's not what I'm saying. Get some people experienced in football in who aren't crooks. Stephen Pierce, um, who aren't crooks. That was Corey, okay. not me or Chris. That was Corey. No, yeah. who aren't crooks, who can get in, who can do the job, and who are going to do the job right. Put those structures in place. Look at Leicester's success. That wasn't built on an individual manager. That was built because they had a well-run football club with Steve Walsh as the director of football, scouting players and picking them up and whatever, and they made smart choices as manager. Look at Brentford. They Look at their thing. I don't even know who runs. I know there's they have three or four women in their front office. That's fantastic. What an achievement. And they don't buy coach, they don't get coaches based off of, oh, this is the hot property, or this guy's got good hair, or this guy's, you know, the sexy kind of appointment. Do they fit the Brentford bottle? Do they fit the way Brentford's going to play? Yes, no. That that is the thought tree there. No, not interested. Yes. Okay, we can go down the thought tree. And they have those structures in place. That's how Brentford are able to find these hidden gems who are like no-name, nothing players. And then they can go and perform and be in the Premier League at top level. They're obviously doing something right because they took Ivan Tony and they made him in England international. I mean, they're like 10th in the Premier League. They're doing really, really well. So that's what I want to see, Chris, from this thing. David Klaus has made this decision or somebody, David Klaus has signed off on said decision to get the manager. 
You need to yeah. have the structures in place. And on your point on Stephen Pierce, I take back. He's not a crook because he's not done anything wrong. That was that was a joke, obviously, for the lawyers. That was a joke. But you got to get rid of the old regime, okay? You have too much of the Mel Morris influence in there. Stephen Pierce has been around for five or six, seven years now. What progress have we made under Stephen Pierce? He's seen us gone down. He's seen us gone to administration. He's seen us gone FFP violations. And it baffles me how he is still in a job. I think I it's, mean, Darby it's County not just you that baffles me. me. It baffles a lot. Well, mostly Darby County baffle me generally about most of the stuff that they do. But this and, and football is just an insanely bonkers business. But how that man is still in a job and has not been replaced is incredible because his job was on the block. If Kirchner has gotten the job, it would have been Gary Crook. Wouldn't it have been Gary Cook or whatever his name is in, into the job? But Stephen Pierce is still there. Maybe David Clouds is waiting. I don't know what Stephen Pierce, he knows what skeletons are hiding in what closet. Yeah. But we I'm... have to get that influence out of the football club and move on. Because like you said with Rossini, and I'm now then I'll shut up, Simon. You have too much of the previous regime in there. You've got Rossini or you've got the overhang of the players and the administration and the turmoil and the mental toll that that took. You've still got some players there that have done that. You've got still people in the front office that have been a part of that. And you have to do a clean sweep. We've had administration to do a clean sweep. So let's do a clean sweep. And it's not like the people that were there made us particularly successful anyway. Exactly. And this is why I said on Radio Derby last night that if Warren was to come in, which obviously has now, the rest of the coaching staff need to go. Because oh, I'm sure that Walker and Peachy, they're gone. They've hired a goalkeeper coach. They're probably already gone. Walker's still hanging in there, isn't he? Is he going to take an academy job? It wouldn't well, surprise me if Jake Buxton goes back to the academy, but the rest well, of them, I think they'll be gone. The, the problem with that is, is that the academy structure has already been reassembled. Yeah. There is people in place now. Um, so I'm not sure that there, there's actually room for them. I think this this decision goes back down to what me and Corey were saying about football strategy. It's, it's very knee-jerk because they've left the club I know that the goalkeeper, um, Jason's left the club, uh, I've been told. Um, Jake Bugson, I don't know where he's going to slot in now because obviously Pat, unless he goes back to Pat, which I, I believe that Pat replaced him with uh, another coach. And as for Justin Walker, there can't be a place for him. This is it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it, I mean, that's the thing. Obviously, the, the statement last night from the media was that Racine would be stay and be a coach but the way that the statement was worded today from Derby thank you, know, you for your service yeah exactly he's gone he, he won't be back and to be honest I, I don't think he'd want to be you know want to be a coach you know Simon the, my, my take on that is Liam Rossinger was right as I said earlier he was a coach under Kaku Kaku got sacked did he get the job no he was second to Rooney Rooney walks out they give it to Rossinger and then all of a sudden they're going to hire somebody else on a four-year contract, by the way, when I haven't got one, I've done all this crap for the last 18 months. And let's be honest. We've and I'm pay, highly we've regarded. Had to, we've had to pay for that privilege as well. We've had to, we would have had to pay well, Rotherham course. because he still had a year left on his contract at Rotherham. So there, why, would Liam this... why would Liam Rossinger go back to being an assistant now? Oh, no way. He, he wouldn't. He, no he, way. He's had a taste. I, I he's had a taste of I would of say, one. you know what? Thank you very much. I'll go into punditry. I'll get a job somewhere else. He's had a taste of being a number one now, and I think he was enjoying it, and that's fine. But I just think his style of football wasn't correct for League One, whereas that's why I think Paul Warner's perfect replacement because he knows how to play in this, he knows how to play in this league. We don't need to we don't need possession. We need to we need I wouldn't say go fully direct, 
but it needs mixing up and it needs to know when it needs to be, you know, we need someone that knows that, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to change it. This is what we're going to do. I just think, I think it's a great decision. I, I'm actually really pleased about the decision to get worn in. I think we might see a better James Collins. I think he might start scoring, scoring more goals. I think we'll start seeing more crosses into the box rather than trying to walk it into the box all the time, more bodies in the box. So I, I do think performances, they might not look as pretty on the eye, but I think, at the end of the day, if, if we, 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 let's, let's, let, if we look at Gary Rowett, they weren't the best performances. Some of them were crap, you know, awful, but we dug out wins and we got to the playoffs. So, uh, and you're happy. You're not bothered about performance. If you win 1 0, played awful, but you've dug in and scrapped out a 1 0, you're still buzzing because we've won. You're like, yeah, hey, well, it's a win, isn't it? And that, that's all that matters to the fans is the result, not how you play. It'd be nice to be entertaining and get the full package. But at the end well, of the day, I can't really see that happening. It's interesting. So I'm just looking through the website now on the staff. And it says that Liam Rossini is now on the coaching staff. There's a there's a picture of him on on the website. There right. look, um, and then you've got Jason Pearcy coaching staff, Justin Walker coaching staff, and then image coming soon, Paul Warren head coach, Richie Barker coaching staff, Matt Hamshaw coaching staff. That's a lot of coaching staff. Mm. And, then, and then there's no picture though of Jake Buxton. Um, and then obviously going to your physios and what have you. So I, I, I'm of the impression that everyone has gone by Justin Walker, and I think they're trying to find a jigsaw piece for him. And I'm not convinced they can fill it. Yeah, but I think I think it does go back to what both you and Corey said. We do need. We, we've got a new manager now. We've got someone that's permanent. I guess I think we all assumed it was just going to be. Liam Rossini that would get it. I mean, you said, you said, Chris, give him 10 games, then see yeah. how he does. Yeah. If he's up there, give him the job. It's been 10, well, it should have been 10 games now. Um, international breaks come at the right time. Maybe it was planned. Sounds like it. Yeah, give him 10 games and then we'll, well get such and such. It, today, they've been saying that they've been interested in Paul Warren since July and they couldn't, they couldn't persuade him at the time. Um, how do they actually do it now, though? Yeah, but um, that's the thing. I mean, you have to think about this, Chris. Look at the supreme power Paul Warren has in this football club. Now he's on a four-year contract. He's on yeah. a four-year. He's on a four-year contract. He has supreme power at this football club. There is no. I am. I am the captain now. I am the sheriff. There's a new sheriff in town. He's got four-year contracts more than all the players. So it's Paul Warren's team. Yeah. And you know they can't back him in January because we're under a transfer embargo. You know, and and we can't, like you said, we can't have seven or eight coaches. This is a League One football team recovering from administration. I mean, we we're not Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. We're not a top elite world club. We can't afford seven coaches. Yeah, you know, but you know the situation is now. Paul Warren has to improve the players that he has. He has to improve this stuff because if he doesn't, the contract will be ripped up and it'll cost us even more money to replace him. So. All I would hope is, is that they have thought about this and made the right decision. And whether it was available in summer or not, I, I don't know because Rooney just walked out on him so late that, yeah. you know, Rooney yeah. walked out on him two days before they went back to preseason training and they're interested in Paul Warren in God. summer. They, that, was, they didn't, that, that was always going to happen. Rooney was always going to But they go. didn't give him time. They didn't have time to have targets. Yeah, exactly. I think, it, and I think it was, again, it, it, if, if they wanted Warren and they couldn't get him then, then they had to bring in someone. And now, did you know? Obviously, Rossini went for the the Blackpool job. We don't know if he turned it down. We don't know if he even got it offered. 
we don't know. But all of a sudden, next minute, he's interim manager here at Derby. And it's like, okay, I think most people expected that. But the way it came across was, oh, he's been loyal. He's stayed. Rooney's gone. He's stayed. He's taken his opportunity now. You know, and which is fair enough. But I'm still, I'm still interested to see if he got the, uh, if if he would have taken that job or not uh, at Blackpool. If he if if someone had come in, do you know what I mean? I just can you? Yeah, he was loyal. He has helped us. He has built a squad. But let's not forget those players that he had lined up would have been lined up from the previous the previous season. You don't just sign 15 players like that in the space of a matter of weeks without tapping up beforehand. You see, I just the other thing I was going to mention, guys, I just wonder whether um, it comes back down to what me and Corey are saying about the lack of football knowledge in the football club at the moment. Our plan B and plan C strikers are both unproven, no background in league football whatsoever. Dobbin is injured. The, 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 the lad from Sheffield United may have potential, but we cannot rely on potential. Oh, no, we, obviously not, yeah. What really frustrated me, and we said this, Corey, on the last podcast of ours, the chap that came on for Plymouth, um, from the guy on loan from Birmingham, God, I can't think of his name now. Who? Uh, uh, Cosgrove. Cosgrove. Cosgrove, yeah, yeah. He went on loan to Plymouth on the last day of the transfer window and his debut bags a brace and looks strong and look fit. Now, what, who is telling, you know, who, who, who is actually instructing the policy of the recruitment? Because it worries me that they went to two Academy products as our backup to James Collins. That's, I just wonder whether that was a big issue as well with David Klaus. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you look at it, you, you know, we had obviously Dobbin came from Everton. Surely that's that's the Rooney link there. That that would have been where that's come from. And again, it, it goes to obviously, like I said, they would have been looking beforehand um, at, at players that they wanted in the summer. You know, Rooney said he had a list of 50, or he said that we needed 50 players or something like that, didn't he? Obviously, we bought in 15. Three of them are goalkeepers, let's be honest. How many were just people that signed that re-signed contracts? Yeah, Davis, Cashin, Tomo. Um, so that's three there. And so that's six players. So really, realistically, it's only really, you know, I guess it's eight eight signings, three, three contract re-signs, and three goalkeepers. I, and I think you're right. You know, we had to build a squad. That was that was the initial, that was always gonna be the initial thing. We we need to rebuild this squad. And Close knew that. Klaus knew that. You know, so I think that was that was the urgency. Get players in, right? Well, we need a manager to manage him. Rosina, do you want it interim, and then you can, we'll, we'll support you. And if, if you prove us right that you can do it, we'll give you the job. Obviously, he's not. Maybe they had that discussion though. Maybe maybe Rosina knew it was always just going to be an interim job until they found who they want. We don't know that. I'd love to hear Rosina's reaction right now. But I don't think we're going to get it. But I'd love to hear what what he's got to say. I still think, like you said, there's a lot of un, things that are still un, 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 unclear, like who what, you know who's gone, who's staying, you know what's Liam doing. You know, apparently he's on in, on holiday at the minute. I've been told in in Portugal or something. So I just don't know. But I think it goes down now. You've got a manager in now, right? Now you need to start working on a board of directors. That might is a head coach as well, not a manager. 
So we need, we, you'd assume you're getting a sporting director. That's the new sort of thing that needs to come in. I'd get rid of Stephen Pearce as quick as I could. Get some people in that have got football knowledge, that know how to run a football club. No disrespect to Klaus. Thank you very much for putting money in the club and buying this club and running it. But you, again, you've said it so many times, Chris, that he needs some footballing knowledge on that board. It needs a board. It needs a separate board. The cloud, the cloud development board are fantastic guys. I, I know them through the development world, as you know, and yeah, yeah. they have a fantastic reputation. But go back to what Corey said: square pegs around holes. Yeah, these these are not directors that understand the ins and outs and the processes of running a football team, and I wouldn't expect them to. And and, and I just find it, you know, this podcast must come across as negative tonight. We're not being negative. We're we're sort of looking at the ins and outs of. Where the poor worn thing has come from, and who made the who ultimately you know pressed the trigger. Um, I just hope now this is the start of 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 development of development at the football club and structure, because at the moment it's still the same structure as previously: mm. an owner, a CEO, running the shop. Mm. We've got a fantastic owner. I like David. I won't comment on the CEO because I've said my piece about him. Mm-hmm. And then it's what you've got Dave Bigger in marketing. I haven't got an issue with Dave where we, we had a disagreement and hence why I'm doing the podcast now. But um I just I just hope now that by the end of this break there is more structure than just the three guys that have come with him. And I I'd, I'd like to think there's a, a strategy in place now for a recruitment team for scouting. Going back to the Brentford uh model as Corey mentioned they haven't got an academy they scrapped it years ago we should have done that they put all their money into scouts they've got scouts in Scandinavia where they get most of their players from and also they've got scouts in Africa and Australia Um, if we're going to look at any model at all with success we need to look at all options I said the Brentford model I like the Luton model I think the Luton model they've got a fantastic board of directors They've got experience and former players of the football club there, and it works clearly. Mick Hartford, for example. So I think there needs to be exactly as Corey said. There needs to be no identity because at the moment, I, I I don't know what the identity of the football club is. Yeah, and you've nailed it there. And I think this, you said it might sound negative, but I, this is definitely a positive. Excuse Absolutely me. Absolutely positive. It's a positive day. I'm I'm happy with the appointment of Paul Warren. I'm happy that he's been allowed to bring his team of coaches in as well. Because at the end of the day, most managers are loyal to their their, their, co- their backroom staff, their coaching staff. They all are on the same page. Now it's just about having this break. Um, obviously, I think the players are off this week and then they'll be back next week. Let them have a full week's training under, um, under Paul Warren. Get to grips with what he wants. Meanwhile, while that's happening, this is where you, you'd, again, like you just said, you'd expect now things to start moving in in the director's box, you know, in the boardroom. That, you know, to me, and it was never going to be a quick fix to rebuild this club. Never in a million years. And I think the first thing was always going to be the players. Um, then it was going to be the manager. And then it would be the structure. We need a recruitment team in by January. That's That goes without saying. And and I think that's you know that that would be the target you know we, we've we've got a, we've got a we've got a good squad a capable enough squad of being in or being there well you can see already you know we're there or thereabouts already um, was it harsh to sat receiving in seven or not sacking but relieving his duties while you sat in seventh place on on goal difference the only thing is goal difference keeping out of playoffs maybe a little bit harsh probably was a bit unexpected 
but obviously the perception that they're getting off off Rosinha is 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 that you know maybe he's not the man to take this this club forward. You know they want automatic promotions by the sounds of him. They don't want the the, uh, the playoffs. They want to go up one and two. They've got to catch Ipswich. They've got to catch Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, is it Sheffield Wednesday up there? Uh, Portsmouth, Plymouth. They've got to catch them. And now, and that means going away from home as well. It means going away from home and getting wins. Something that we've been incapable of doing. And, you know, that might have been a, de- a factor in his decision to get rid of Racine and bring in Paul Warren. So I can only see this as a good day. I've got no, you know, I'm not, I, I do feel sorry for Racine, but at the end of the day, um, what, two weeks ago, fans were already calling for his head because they'd seen enough. Despite where we were in the league, despite that we'd got some victories, they'd seen enough that said to me, he's not up to his job to get... Because that's, I think the majority of the fan base, they, they're like you, Chris. They, they think we should be promoted this season. Without we doubt. should be. We yeah. should be. We, we, I don't think we should be. We have to be. Yeah. The long-term interest of this football club. Yeah. Another season or another two seasons in this football club increases the instability. It will gut our academy. We can basically kiss Cat, cat One Academy status goodbye because there ain't no one coming... You can't run an academy like that in League One, right? They, 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 should, have, they should have been there when we were admin. Any sellable assets that we have for pennies on the pound, right? And and the longer that you're down here, the more random, random players that you're going to get that are not the quality that need to take you forward. And then the more you drop off the precipice and you become a League One team, not a big club in League One, just a League One team. It's very quickly. Promotion is an absolute must if not this season, and you want to get it done this season. But if we stay down and we continue to rebuild, it has to be done next season. And if it's not done in the next 18 months, then I really fear for this football club because we'll never get out of the division the way history has told us this football club goes. See, I agree with that. My, My concern is when you bring in a manager under an embargo, he can't pillage his former club. He can't go to Rotherham and go, I want such and such. How much you want? We 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 haven't got that uh, luxury. He's still got to go into a transfer market in January and somehow pull some rabbits out of the hats. The other I think equation, the only thing to that, think... that might be a positive is that he worked on very little money at Rotherham, mm. so it might be he might be used to doing that. My my bigger concern is when he's here and the shackles come off for spending the money. Because he's never had globules of money to spend. That's where you, that's where your recruitment team comes into play. Exactly. So that that's going to be interesting. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be difficult to recruit players when you're languishing in League One. Paul Warren doesn't have the attract. The, the the club's going to bill him up. Whatever. Paul Warren. People are not beating down the door to play for him because he's not a. You know what I mean? Like. And and this is why quality of player. This is why I think it's so important that we are. Either, either in first, second, or third place come January. One hundred percent. Because it, it doesn't matter if it's Paul Warren. You're then going. I want to go Derby County. You could be a, a Championship player that's not getting in the team. You could be a League One player that is in a in a club that's lower. But you're going. Well, Derby County are third. They're they're walking the league at the minute. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to go there. It doesn't matter that it's Paul Warren. It's where that club is, and I think that is that is going to be massive. For for January, you know, for for the January window is is our position. If we are third in the league, second in the league, first in the league, 
we will find it easy to attract players, whether that be championship players or, or like League One, League Two players, obviously. But that's how we're going to attract players. Not going to be the manager, not going to be the style of football. It's going to be how we got a chance of promotion. If the answer is yes, come January, we will build, we will get a stronger squad and we will go up. You know, and like I said, you know, Paul Warren, I, I think is a brilliant, brilliant. Um, you like his agent, Simon. You know, I, 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 I just very similar to you know what I, I, your interview. The, he said he's delighted like thirteen oh, times. I am, yeah, I know. But the thing is, though, like, like just, Simon's list of the things that he's most happy in life: Paul Warren being named manager. Look at me. The birth I, I'm of his literally children, his son. Getting married. I am literally his son. You're look going, at me. You're going as Paul Warren for Halloween. You literally both said to me, "You actually look like Paul Warren." Then I put my hat on, and I even looked even more he's like looking, Paul Warren. He looks better. Let's not but, beat around the bush. He's uh, slightly more. I attractive. like listening to his interviews when when he was in when he was in the championship. He always gave a good interview. He always come across well. Rotherham were always difficult to play against, especially away. That's, yes, that's, the yeah. only reason that they went down that last COVID season was because, was because they, of had us. Eight, they had they had eight games that they were called off for yeah. COVID or whatever, and mm. they couldn't they couldn't make the they had to play like eight games in something like twelve days. Yeah, it yeah. was, and they ran out of players. That and is it, why I remember watching them, and I was like, "This team's not far away." Oh, that's because they're missing their best three players, or this guy suspended. This is going to mention his rant. I can see him itching no, to no. mention it. No, no, I've I've, I've gone over the rant because actually it wasn't a rant. Uh, I got checked by Adores. He was God in his words. So you're right there, Corey, because if you remember for the first six games, I think they lost by the odd goal, one nil, two one. They were they were in every game, and I think in the last game they got they ran out of steam and got a, a, a pound in. So it's like three nil. Yeah, but um, I, I, the other thing I'm going to throw at you is that you've got a new goalkeeper coach coming in. You've got a Nang coming back to fitness. Just, just the formation change completely from the back. As a uh, side note, isn't that the most Derby County thing ever to happen? Sign a goalkeeper <laughs> on loan and he breaks his arm in the, like the first week. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that is the I'll, most Derby thing ever. It is. It is. This, this, this actually is um, the timing of this announcement is probably the wrong time because originally me and Chris were going to talk about the the link uh, the the uh, Wickham game. Now Joe Wildsmith, obviously, I may or may have not. Slated him quite a bit on this podcast. Um, didn't think he was up to it. Chris has had his say as well. However, against Wickham was probably the best game I've seen him play. Now, his positioning was a lot better. Maybe that's because he wasn't being forced to play on the edge of his 18-yard box. So I think he might, we might, we do have a new goalkeeper coach here, and I think we we will see a different Wildsmith. Or we see a different keeper. He, or a different keeper, either or, because I don't think that our keepers are going to be asked now to be playing out from the back, which for God, some reason, that. the problem is when you when you ask a keeper to do that, it, it's a goalkeeper to go, I like diving around, I like rolling around in the dirt, I'm going to be a goalkeeper. That's why I became a goalkeeper, and I was the only one stupid enough to do it and that. So, and that's your game. So, Wildsmith's game, saving shots. When you're being forced to do something you're not used to, like trying to play out from the back, it messes up where you. you know, I, I just feel it messes up where you, where you're at. Where you know when it comes to shot stopping and positioning, especially Chris, you know this as a co- as a goalkeeping coach. Your positioning yeah. is the mo- one of the most important things for being a goalkeeper. If you're so at I the edge of your 18 yard box, then you know you you're you're not getting back to where you should be when the shot's coming through on goal. So I do think 
if Anang is coming back, I still think it's going to be another five, six weeks before, he's, before, before he recovers fully. But come December time, yeah, it, it, there, there might be competition there. So it, it will be nice, though, to have a, a season where we're not looking at goalkeepers and going, oh, God, he's awful. We need Simon, you, keeper. Can, you can play out from the back, right? You can play out from the back very successfully. For me, when I, you have a world-class team and a world-class team. Oh, keeper. obviously, yeah, yeah. Mendy. Med, okay, not Edward Mendy because he's not, having a no, not Mendy. Teams like Al, teams like uh, game, um, Allison and Ederson, right? Yeah, Two yeah. Brazilian goalkeepers in the Premier League. They can play out from the back. Why? Because they're arguably in my estimation, two of the best five goalkeepers in world football. Okay. When you're in league one, do it. You, and I'm not trying to knock Joe Wildsmith. He's a much better goalkeeper than any of the three of us. And that's no disrespects to you guys. You've but, not seen me play. <laughs> I've seen your highlight reel, Simon. Best nobody comments on that. Um, but, you're in league one. It's just not going to work. You're not dealing with world-class players. That was what Philip Kaku had his problem. Mm. He was trying to tell these players, these different things, and it would have worked at an international level or an elite team level, maybe because of the, of, of the minute detail that he was trying to have them do, but they, the players weren't clever enough. I'm not saying that they're stupid people. I'm saying football intelligence wise, they couldn't pick up what they were saying because they were limited championship players. Mm. <laughs> so you have to play with the standard that you're playing. If that's just, Yes, we all want to play sweet, sexy, total Johan Cruyff, brilliant football like Barcelona. We want to do that. But we can't because we're not in that position. Exactly. But I think, we, I think, we, we I got, think that's Liam's we have, downfall. We are a League One team with League One players. And that was definitely Liam's downfall. He was trying. As a coach, a coach wants to improve players. When you got players that are in the late 30s, you can't teach you know, you, know, well, you can't okay. teach, teach an old dog new tricks. It you is difficult answered, to change. You've just, you just, you just opened up a can of worms for me to ask you this question. Go on, then. Hit was me. Liam Rossinier, when you say he's not improved the players, and I said this earlier, mm. most of the players that he's brought in are past their peak years. They're like thirty mm. plus. Yeah, and we have very few players in their peak years, which I kind of aim at twenty four to 28 to 29 roughly yeah, yeah. we're rather sad aren't we yeah right so we've got a lot of young players and a lot of old players yep so is that kind of a downfall because you can't i can't teach what am i going to teach curtis davis to do he's 37 years old he's not a ball playing center back you're not going to teach he'll him never that. be one exactly he's a great defender in and this one is, that's fine yeah but he's and this, 37 and he's limited and this is what i mean about you know where racine got it wrong he was trying to play this 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 Manchester City style of football. It's not going to work in this league because you haven't got the players. You've got to play quick, one, two touch football. And I don't think our players have got the brain to move quick enough, to get into position quick enough, which is why I'm happy that Warren's coming because he won't play that. He will play a possession-ish based football, as you said, but he'll know when to switch it, when to go direct, when to go long. Christian, Here's look, a question. To... Uh, yeah. Go Here's on. a question to you. All right, guys. Paul Warren has got a reputation for going for experience over youth. If you look at his Rotherham teams, how, who do you think his first back four will be? Because he is renowned for being defensively strong. He's got Richard Woods at Rotherham at the moment, who we took from Coventry, who's had a fantastic start to the season. I believe his average age of his back four, you'll know this, Corey, because obviously he spoke to a, a blog yesterday. I would not be surprised one bit. I'll I'll throw my tennis penny in and I'll I'll, I'll pass on the baton. I know exactly I, who you're going to say. I think he'll take Aaron Cashin out. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I really do. I think he'll put Davis and Chester and Stearman 
It won't be, yeah, I don't think, or yeah. Or Fozzie. It won't be a back four. No way. No, back no, no, not Fozzie at center half. He had the one game where he turned into vintage Cannavaro. Fozzie <laughs> can stay. Funny, Fozzie can stay as a wing back. That doesn't bother me. And I think Barkhausen will play as a right wing back or Mendez Lang, and those two will fight for it. Mm, but the yeah. problem with that is both of those are great going forward. So you have to take one of your better attacking players out in order to fit that formation because we don't have a right fullback. So who's your batter three, Corey? Davis, Chester, mm. and I would I would say Cashin, but I also saw him get skinned alive against Plymouth. Badly. But my, my point would be, Chris, is that maybe he keeps Cashin in there for youthful exuberance and a bit of pace. I know he's not pacey, no. but, he, but he'd be pacier than the other two. See, I'd keep Cashin in. Reason being is when he You're was playing... Agent. No, 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 no. Not his dad neither. But when he was playing, <laughs> when he was playing in in the academy, under 19s level, he wasn't asked to play football. He was asked to defend. He was asked to be head it, kick him, kick the ball, put your tackles in. That's what he was asked to do. So naturally, he's a natural old school centre back, if you like. The likelihood is, is he's going to be asked to do that again. So I think he will stay in because I'm not, I, I, I get where you're coming from, Chris, that Warren likes experienced centre-backs. I get that. But I just think Stearman doesn't really have many minutes in his legs. Yeah, but his first game is away at Cambridge. Mm. I, can, pretty... I, I can see what you're saying, Chris, and I can see your argument. And and I, I 100% believe you. I could definitely see it. But it just scares me that we have like a 750-year-old back line like to start it, like maybe if it was 650 years old, like I love Richard Stearman. I think, I think he's the most beautiful man in the world. He's a cult hero. I mean, his eyes in the kit reveal last year just cursed my soul. It was amazing. I'm a big steer goat fan. Okay. But I, I just think that I, th- I need I an ambulance, please. Corey's falling in love with Richard Stearman. I, I've been in love for a while, Simon. Um, But I just think you could have too much, you could have too much experience at the back where it hampers you because any pace at all is going to, especially if those fullbacks are pushing up, any pace at all is going to just murder that back line. And I think maybe you just switch it up and put a young guy in there for something different. But I could definitely see your point. And, I mean, obviously I'd like to see Richard Stearman get more games, but now that James Chester's back, I doubt that he would he would do that. Well, the first, the first game that he takes in charge of is Cambridge away, if I remember rightly. And they're doing okay. They're they're one of those teams that have yeah they got beaten last time out, but uh, they're 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 in the top half. I just wonder whether he shows a strict, very simple style, experienced ninety minutes to at least get a point. And what what worries me is that Cashin for the goal at Plymouth. In fact, two of the goals at Plymouth was very naive, and you can't you can't. I'm not saying you can't blame Liam Rossini for those two mistakes. If in doubt, you just put it into Rosette. Irrelevant of the style of play. And I just think we're at a point where if you can get a point away from home your first game, then you are definitely on the right path. The one thing, the one thing that the Rotherham podcast did tell us last night is that Paul Warren goes for wins and not draws. Okay. So that is exciting that we know what I mean. Like, Yes, I'm sure there are situations where he will go for draws, but I think he sets up to try to win as many as possible, which would be great. What 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 do they say is? Sorry, Simon, go on. Go, go no, ahead. It's fine. Go on. Go on. I know. I know what you're going to say. So do it. Say it. 
I was going to say, what did they say? His did he put youth in his side? Because I'm they really said it's, they said to... he likes to use a mix, and he he tends to use just the players that are available to him, and then yeah. he tends to adapt his formations and his team selection based off of who's available, which yeah. is obviously available to all the managers. But I think that was even through the transfer market when players became available and they fit the way he wanted to do, and he wanted to play. And they said that he likes to bring in quote unquote good humans into the club, which good characters, things like that. I'm all aboard that type of rebuild job because I think we've got some good characters in there. So, you know, hopefully hopefully that continues. I don't think he's someone who's going to be throwing in 15-year-old players like Rooney did two weeks ago, last week at DC United. Um, but, or, you know, or Arteta at Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what were you going to say sorry, before I so, really interrupted you? You rude man. You rude, rude man. I was going to say, okay, so we're assuming he's going through at the back. Yeah. Five in midfield. You'd assume the top two would be Collins and McGoldrick just sat behind him. And I've just heard your doggy once again make an appearance in our podcast. It's I'll fine. Mute. It's fine. It's fine. Um, who's the midfield five? What happens with Bird and Horahan? I'll leave that with Corey to start. Oh, Corey's put you on the spot, mate. Yeah, I think, you know, Tom Barkhausen played as a fullback, a wingback at Preston. I don't think he's his best position, but I think needs must. You put him in there. Um on the other side, you probably would have to go for the youthful exuberance of Hayden Roberts. Um, oh, that's an interesting shot. Because, just because of his youthful exuberance down there, you would hope the young man's got a little bit more pace than than, than Fozzie. Um, and then in midfield, you're looking at three extra players, and and those three players for me would be Hurricane, Bird, and Knight. Um, I don't think... I'd like to see Max Bird get a rest in the team. What if Corey Smith was fit? I forgot about him. Uh, yes. Then if Corey Smith was fit, it would be Hurricane Smith and Knight. Because I think Max Bird could be... He's dropping it. like you, Corey. Right. I don't I like think you will do lot, I don't Corey. think he will do that because Max Bird is vice captain. Well, ah, he was vice captain under Liam Rossini, and I think that sort of—they're not going to strip him of it, Simon. Though they're not going to strip him. Hold on, we saw Paul Clement come in and strip Keo of his captain. I saw Paul Clement do a lot of stuff at Derby. That that was that was the best thing he ever did. Was doing that because he went. This is my team. This is how you're going to. How'd that work out for him? Hold on, I'm not. Did that work out well? for Hold on, hold on. Let's not get into this debate because that was. A lot of player power was involved in that. There was a lot of people having a lot of words with our old owner. So I, I'm just going to put a full stop on that one. However, I I would play Corey Smith as the Holden. That's his natural position because I don't think Bird is strong enough to win the ball back. Now, don't get me wrong. I mentioned this last week and there was a guy on Twitter. He's, a very, he's, he's an analyst and he's quite good at it. So I'll give him his dues, you know. But he said... He's, you know, Max Bird's stats would show that he has, he does win the ball back. He does create passes and stuff like that. Yeah, but the perception I'm getting, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that from Max Bird. All I'm seeing Max Bird do or a lot is take the easy ball, take the easy pass on. I don't see him winning the winning winning the ball back in midfield. I, I don't know why. Maybe the I know, I know the stats say that, but I'm not seeing that. Well, it's it's interesting to say, Simon. Here, here's my view of it: is that where has the midfield come short so far this season? Because to me, they got physically beaten by Plymouth second half. Um, 
I believe that there was clearly an issue with holding holding the ball. There was clearly an issue of winning second ball phases. And I just think that he might, just might, throw a spanner in the works and put someone like, if Cashin does play, and let's take him, I still think he'll play an experienced back three. If Cashin does play, Cashin can play as a holding midfielder. Now, if I was looking for a brutal five in the middle, I would even consider putting Cashin as a holding midfielder with Corey Smith. Because I think that, I think I agree with Corey. I think Bird needs a rest. I haven't been a fan. I'm still not convinced about Louis. I think Louis's got too many yellows and reds in his CV as it gets to more. To be fair, good. Chris, I was looking at Connor Hurahane to cut you off rudely. He's already yeah. picked up four bookings this season. Yeah, he has. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a valid. Sorry, point. my my but, apologies. No, it's okay. I I just think that the if you're going to throw Knight in there for energy and tenaciousness, you can also play football. If you're going to throw in a crafted midfielder, you've got to keep Horian in there. To be fair, I think. Well, Horian scores goals. Let's be honest. Yeah. But, but then I think he'll go more rigid. I think Smith will come in. I also think that, I was just saying, Corey, if if Cashin does get a, a shout, he has played holding midfielder before for the academy and did quite well. I just wonder whether there's going to be a whole new dimension because we, we said at the start of the podcast, we're not happy with with the way the, the team has been performing. But how can you change those personnel so drastically to become a rigid, hard team to beat. What is missing that we haven't seen so far? It's someone that wins the ball back in midfield. You said it. We don't win second balls. We don't win second phase. You need, you know, you miss that Graham Shinney type player. Badly. Let, don't don't get me wrong. He, he wasn't the greatest footballer in the world. He but, wasn't. He wasn't employed for that, though, was he? No, he was employed to win the ball back. He was employed to, as Craig Ramage would say, he was re- employed to be a ratter. And just disrupt things in midfield. And we, uh, the only person we've got in our team that can really do that now is Jason Knight. But Jason Knight, I may have slated him a little bit on this. Like you said, he he, he does offer something. He, um, I think he has been missing in midfield. He, he has played well at right back, but I think now teams are working it out and fi- they are you know they are finding out his weaknesses. You know, um, but what the the um, the reason why I said to is that weakness that he's not a right back. Yeah, obviously he's not okay. a right back. You know, so well, let me ask you this question, guys. We name three names. Who's the best midfielder at Derby County? Max Bird, Jason Knight, or Louis Sibley? Jason Knight. Yeah, I'd go Knight. Yeah, so there you go. Louis Sibley starts, a, over, Louis, starts Louis, over both of them. Let, let's be honest, Louis Sibley's a ten. That's his position. But, but he's he starts over both of them. Who? If you put any in, in the midfield, he starts oh, over yeah, any of them. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. has to start. Because if you if Max Bird's not winning tackles and he's not getting back and forth, Knight is that box to box kind of player mm. that is going to be able to do that, right? Mm. You've got Corey Smith to break it up. Knight runs around like a little terrier, and you've got Kurahane to to create. And this is what a new manager brings, and this is why I'm quite excited because I we will Would you say that you're delighted? I don't use that word. That's Chris's word because Chris loves that word because Liam Racine has nailed it into his head from saying every single interview he's ever done. So that's Chris's word, not mine. So you, so basically, Simon, you're chuffed to bits. I am absolutely thrilled. Yes, <laughs> but it's it, but it, it's because the, I I think we will finally see a new dynamic, a new dimension, as Chris said, 
in the whole structure of the squad and the whole way we play football. Because it, how many times have we, have we watched a game going, oh, boring. We didn't look like scoring. And I don't mean just this season. I mean the following, the previous two, three seasons. Let's be honest, since Lampard left, this club's gone downhill quick. And that's that's the performances on the pitch as well as the stuff off the pitch. Things just haven't been right. We've tried to play a type of football that we've never had enough money to buy the players to do that. So I, I'm I'm quite happy with you know with 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 Warren coming in and just a change of change of style of football. And I'm looking forward to you know. And one thing you get from him is the fact that you said it, Corey. He will always go for the win. He's not one that's going to play for draws. But but the, he has the luxury of a of a bench at Rotherham to do that. If we're nil nil at Cambridge in the seventy fifth minute, and he looks to his bench and goes, "Right, we need a big centre forward up front. Oh, we haven't got one, boss." You've got oh. well, exactly. This is where I think this is where I'm going to be interested to see how Osula comes gets comes into play. Well, because obviously Chris, we're assuming that Paul Warren is not going to change. His ethos, just because we've seen him play a certain way at Rotherham for six years, mm. doesn't mean there's not more strings to his bow. So he might turn around and say, you know what? I had a big man at Rotherham. I can't do that now because the big man's playing right now. James Collins is about to fetch him off because he can't hit the bar inside of a door with a banjo, right? <laughs> or a bazooka, right? Martin Waghorn 2.0. I'm just kidding. James Collins will come good, hopefully. But you know what I mean? He could. Everybody's been saying that all season, mate, and it's still not come good yet. You got one yeah, goal, and everyone. That's will, it. And that's it. The floodgates right. will open. He'll score every game. Exactly. But uh, I Didn't think you, I Chris? did this before. This was I the did. same conversation we had with Martin Waghorn. Hmm. But he might turn around and say, you know what? It's, it's, it, I need a goal or I need to keep it tied or I want to go for the win. And he might decide to play something different. We might see later on in the season, not up front later on in the season, Dobbin and Asula start together because he wants a lot of pace because it might say, just because. And I think that's the one thing that a lot of the fans have to get out. And we can only go off of previous successes. So I understand that to a degree, but let's also not tar brush him into, he's going to play three, five, two, he's going to play with a big target, man. They might just have been the way that he had to get results at Rotherham. And because he comes somewhere else, he might say, look, I've got better players at my disposal, or I've got more freedom, or I tactically see this game differently. And he might be able to adjust, which is also great because we haven't had the ability to adjust or tactically flexible managers for such a long period of time. And I'm not saying the Rooney tactical flexibility of not having a clue Hmm. in the season we escape relegation and chopping and changing week after week to pick up a point, but he might, he might decide to change something different. You know what I mean? We might think it's a three, five, two, he might favor experienced defense and who the hell knows he could play some under 16 kid at center half because he saw. I'd like to see him play Dobbin up front. I'd like, I'd love to see him play Dobbin up front with, with James Collins. Generally, generally what, Dobbin, I don't know what it is with Derby. We'll buy a striker. We'll play him out wide. That that's what Derby do. So where'd you put McGoldrick? Well, I'm, I'm saying as in coming on, because McGoldrick is given the first person on his team sheet. In my without opinion. doubt, without doubt. But he, can he last ninety minutes? That's what well, I'm saying. That I'd love to see someone like Dobbin come on and play off off James Collins. You know, try and get in around the back, use his pace. That's that's what he does. You know, get balls into the box. Get two strike. This is what something that we lack. We we, we we seem to be trying to walk in the perfect goal. No, let's let's. If you watch the highlights on on uh, ITV four as they are now, look at the goals in League One. It's balls lumped into the box and bodies in the box. Something that Derby County failed to do so many times. That's how goals are scored in this league. Derby County, you're scared to win ugly. 
I'll just put it yeah, that way. That's a shout. That is we a great shout. We have to win pretty. We have to yeah. score a screamer. We can't just bundle it across. Uh, this all, goes goals are, all goals are good goals, as my dad says. Like, they all count. That is That comes back down to exactly what you said, Corey, about we need to have a new regime. We need to kick out this this three or four year stench, which has been started since the Koku days. And um, I, I, my, my final thing about all this is that I think January is going to be absolutely crucial. I think if he can hang around in the top five, top four, you keep saying first, second, third. I think realistically, we're not going to catch up seven points this side of Christmas. That's my opinion. I think it's going to take time. But I think he's got to recruit a plan B. He's got to. Because at the moment, you can be all you can be the greatest coach in the world. But if your players don't, as as your analogy you said, Corey, about square pegs and what have you, um, we are limited in what we have because you won't you will not get Dobbin and Asula being able to win long balls, diagonals. They're not that kind of player. Um I don't see that we have that kind of player who you can I used to remember Stevie Howard would would was fantastic at bringing Chrissy Martin, they were fantastic at bringing down a diagonal ball. Um I think the only guy that could do that for us is Craig Forsyth, to be honest. He has the ability of, of, of winning most diagonals and bringing it down. I, I still think he's our best crosser of the ball. Maybe. But I just think that the recruitment is absolutely critical to support this action. Because I, 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 I'm still a believer. I, if, if he changes the ethos of this squad, fantastic. He's got the personnel. I still believe he'll go up. But I, I'm, I'm still concerned that the fitness element of this squad is clear for all. Going back to Max Bird. I don't think he's changed as a footballer, Corey. I don't think he's changed as a, as uh, as an attacking player, Simon. I think what has changed this year, he doesn't look fit to me. He just does not look a fit player at all. Uh, and as I said at the start of the show, with with with, we've not looked fit since Sh- uh, Shane Nicholson left. Mm-hmm. We've not looked fit, fit since then, and I think with Warren being obviously his past is is a fitness coach. These players are going to be in for a shock because yeah. they'll be doing their training, think, oh, we've done that. Right. Let's go do some I fitness. It will oh. be fit. There'll be a lot of fitness training. And this team needs that because they are unfit. That's why we can't last. That's why, as you said, Corey, we can't do it for 90 minutes it's because we're not fit enough. So, so, so guys, where do you think? Because obviously we've, we've been waffling now for a good over an hour. So just to sort of wrap it up, where do you think Derby will be? At Christmas, and where do you think Derby will be at uh, the end of the season? Now we've made this major decision um, at the right point of the season, Corey. Tongue in cheek, Chris. We'll still be in League One. <laughs> yeah, how do you like that bold prediction? You can take that to William Hill and put that on your betting slip. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying things about betting because that's bad. Betting is betting is bad. Don't do it. Uh, be gamble aware. Set your limits. Um, no, I think. So look, I think it's, an American it's, takeover derby. I really am. Huh? <laughs> what? I said I'm so glad we didn't have an American takeover derby. I really am. <laughs> That's because you'd be out as a podcast host. Simon. <laughs> hold on, he was. I would have come in. Hold on, hold on. He was willing to come on the show. We, we, we set it up and everything. Yeah, I'll come on your show when I when I when I get the job. Yeah, yeah. He Exclusive said that to me mate. too. How'd that work out? That's what exactly <laughs> what I mean. It's ridiculous. Yeah, man. how'd that work out? <laughs> now he's been removed it. from his company. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen, gentlemen. I tell you um, what. But anyway, I'm so yeah, glad I think, he never took over. I think Chris. Um, 
I, I just want to see this team get better. I think I want to start to see complete performances and it's not going to happen overnight, right? If it, it takes some time, if it is fitness issues, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time, some time for ideas to bet in. Um, what I would say to kind of close it out is David Klaus has made his bed. David Klaus has decided to give Paul Warren uh, a four-year contract, which is ridiculous for league one. It's ridiculously long for, for a manager. Um, that comes with a lot of power. That comes with a lot of responsibility. Um, and I think that what we want to see now is I want to see progression. I've seen this Derby County team perform for 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time. We need to start seeing them clicking for 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes at a time. And not just one game out of every three piece, piece together a streak, um, you know, uh, a streak of games. I think what you want to see is when Derby County go into a game and kick off, that from I want to see him play on the front foot, have fresh impetus, and I want to see them. I don't want to ever have to sit in a game and go, Christ, that Cambridge team's flying. Uh, you know, I'm sh struggling. You know, we might be struggling today. I want I want us to say, you know what, they might be flying or whatever, but we're flying as well, and we've got good players in good form. We've not said that for a long time that we've had three or four players in 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 form. I've said this on the podcast before. What we are on my podcast, what we're waiting for is. We're allowing our our big time players for one moment of brilliance to rely on us to, to dig us out as we did against Oxford. Right. We're relying on one or two players to have a sheer moment of brilliance while most of the team is just out of form. So I think it's 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 you're not going to see the development in the players over the short term. You know, I would hope by March or April after the winter period, you know, we will we'll start to see some of the players improve. Um, but I just I hope we start to see that fight and that heart back that we had at the end of last year. But that coupled with a little bit more quality. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think we'll be able to catch seven points up between now and, and like the world cup final or the beginning of the world uh, transfer window, the FA cup third round. Um, but um, we need to stay in and around the playoff hunt. All these games are big games. And as I've said before, you don't win and lose championships and promotions at this early part of the season, but the points that you pick up now make it a hell of a lot easier later on when you are fighting for promotions and playoffs and that kind of thing. And if you, if you don't do well now, it's going to be an incredibly uphill test. I mean, even when you look at something like last year, we went down by the smallest of margins. I don't know officially. Cause I, I, I didn't look at the table after we'd gone down. I don't know how many points we went down by. I think, All it, was points, like, I think it was huh? Four points. Four. Four. Well, what if we had won the game against Peterborough? Exactly. I, we I was saying this. That's one, on. that's yeah. one point. And I'm, you see what I mean? Like, those early games can dictate what happens at the end of the season. So all these games are big games. Yes, it's it's Cambridge United. Um, they're in the top ten, but we need to have we need to we need to build an identity. I think is what I want to say. We need to build an identity, and we just need to continue to stay to stay in the playoff hunt in and around the playoff places and be primed for a run in March uh, for for the title. Good call. So Simon. Well, you say the seven points is hard. Now, we do play Ipswich and Exeter, both obviously in the play. Well, to Ipswich, top of the league, and Exeter, um, sixth, just above us, um, in just at the end of October. I'm looking at our running at the minute. Obviously, Cambridge is the next game on the 1st of October. We've got an EFL trophy game against Mansfield. We've got Port Vale at home on my birthday um, on the 8th. Remember that, guys. 8th of October is my birthday. So, which was something, yeah, I want some, send me some stuff. <laughs> um, Accrington away, which would be a difficult game because they're, they're tough to be at home. And obviously, Man City in the EFL trophy. October is a busy, busy month. 
But I, I, I think I look at Ipswich and Exeter, two big games there. I, I, I believe that come Christmas, let's call it Christmas, so December, we've got Portsmouth to play for them as well, second in the league. I think we can, as I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of Paul Warren. Um, I think he's done, I think he will work wonders at his club. Um, he will change the dynamics. I think he can get the best out of these players. And I just, I think, I think we'll be looking at third or fourth come Christmas and we'll go up automatically. I've said it, Chris. I've said it. Uh, My fear, my, my, my only thing about going up was going, obviously I I said at the start of the season, I'd I'd mid table at best. And one of the reasons was we're senior because first job, tough job. You've got warning now, experienced manager that, could have been that could be part of the missing piece of the puzzle that gets this club automatic promotion. Yeah, I think I think Corey's spot on with the March analogy. I think yeah, yeah. If, if you can go into the March uh, running within two games, within five points of the top, you're always in with a shout. I, I still think we'll get promoted one way or another. I think the the crucial element to this is certainly don't get beaten between now and, and the World Cup or now and Christmas. Have an excellent transfer window um, and then yeah. It's, By it's, then, yeah. you've got structure. As Corey said, that, that loss against Peterborough away last season was huge. You know, But we it, didn't know it at the time. No, no, but what I'm saying is, it's, it's games like that. Get it's, yeah. away, it's, it's oh look, away games. It's away games that we should have a win or at very least get a point. Well, what if we finish? What if we finish three points off the playoffs? We're going to sit back and look at the Plymouth game. Exactly, that's what you're going to look at. That Plymouth game where we we're tuning up. My, my last point, Simon and Chris. Paul Warren takes over. He loses his first four games. Well, what then? Well, we don't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to. We've been talking about yeah, how yeah, yeah, yeah. Push, you push, right? Well, what happens if he loses his first four games? Well, then the pressure's well, on. The pressure's well, on. Clowns. The pressure's on immediately. Exactly. If he's, if, if the remit is now automatic promotion and getting top two, and we're already what seven points behind, Chris. Yeah. What if he, what if he doesn't win his first four games? Yeah, it's a really good point, and also that also puts pressure on David Clowes and the structure yeah. of the football club, because who then? is responsible for either assisting Paul Warren or getting the best out of what they can support him with because ultimately we're still under an embargo. It's a really good point, that is, Corey, a really good point. Well, let's hope he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out with negatives, didn't it? You had to bring negativity in. No, well... <laughs> yeah, but no, I... it's, it's, well, it's, not, it's not negativity, it's realism. Mm-hmm. It's realism. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's let's what just it is. be honest. Paul Warren is a good manager for League One, but he's not, you know, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a a generational manager. He's a very good manager and he's the manager of our football club. And obviously I want him to do well because I support this football club and I don't want to continue to support a league one team because yeah. it sucks in league one. It's I don't think it's that bad. I quite enjoy it at the minute. Yeah. It's a bit different, but then <laughs> yeah. you also, you know what I mean? You, you, yeah, it, it, it will get, it, it will get really to the point quick. where you go, Oh God, it's like, but, you know, it's just, it's just we're talking about, we're, we're talking about, he's going to come in here and be the new Messiah. But yeah. What if, what if he loses his first four? Mm. Well, let, let's all hope they're in the East Midlands Championship next year because ultimately... Yeah, Forrest, that's what it would be Forrest, next season. Forrest and Leicester are going there, so we might as well join them, aren't we, guys? Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I just think, yeah, 
I think it's a good appointment. I think if it goes well, it's going to go really well. Um, but I think the main thing for me is it's looking forward to a change in what we've seen on the pitch for the last two, three seasons. There will be a big change and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm bored of all this. It just goes back to the old Mel Morris days and the Derby way, the Derby way of playing football. I don't ever want to hear the Derby way again. I just, I, you know what I mean? I, you know, people go, oh, we're in the headlines again. No, we're not. We've just changed the manager. At some point, it was going to happen. That's why Liam was only interim. You know what I mean? So I just think we get we get, we get get behind Paul Warren, which I think everybody will do. Hopefully, we can run out against Cambridge. That that would be a big statement. Say if we get, you know, we, we play against Cambridge, we come away with, with a win. Uh, even if it's a 1-0 win, we go, wow, Paul Warren's come in and he's done something that Racine's not managed to do. And that score, score a goal away from home and get a win. That sets the bar dead high. So I think it's actually a bonus for him that he's coming in on an away game because we know our home form, apart from Plymouth, is impeccable. It's a fortress. It takes something special to be beaten at Pride Park. So I, I do think if he can come in and get a get a goal, at least, away from home <laughs> against Cambridge, then it's a, it, it just puts him in good stead. And you know, we, we've got to take it from there. But I, I do think he, I think he's got a decent squad. We've, I've said it, you've said it, Chris. This squad on paper should piss this league. Realistically, it should do. It is one of the best squads on paper in this league and it should have no problem. That's why you were convinced we get promoted. When fit. When fit, obviously, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I think I was happy with the announcement. Well, I was happy with the announcement. I was happy when it was rumoured last night. That was me thinking, right, that's promotion coming now. That's that's how positive I was about it. And I, you know what I've been like. I've been sat on the fence all, all season so far. So I'm, I'm buzzing now. I'm happy. Can't wait. And we look forward to uh, Saturday. Is it, no, not this Saturday. Next Saturday. Uh, next Saturday. Yeah. Against and Cambridge. Simon, just before, just before we go, yeah. Chris, I uh, wanted to talk to you real quick. Uh, Halloween's coming up. Oh, I had an idea for Simon's <laughs> Halloween costume. <laughs> What do you think? Ready? Yep. Simon goes as Paul Warren. <laughs> what he needs is he needs a woolly hat. Simon, if you got a woolly if hat, if he had a woolly hat, he would unbelievably. Look exactly like I have got a woolly hat. Really, you haven't, have you? If you want me to put it on, I'll put it on. Yeah. I got. I can't look until you put it on. There you go. There's my hat the on. Absolute beauty. Oh my god. Oh my god, Paul god. Warren, welcome to the podcast. Paul, is it welcome to Derby? See, I'm gonna have to just put put this on YouTube <laughs> now just for that. <laughs> well, well, what a way to end the show, Paul. Thank you very much for joining us and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much for having me on. It's, uh, it's been an absolute honour um, and a pleasure. And I, and I will do the best and I will get this club promoted. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, it's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, Chris, I've, I've thank you. Thank you while, and Simon so. for having me on. Yeah, it's been good. Um, it's been great to meet you, Chris. I know we've chatted a little bit outside of podcasts and everything like that. But Simon, yeah, it's yeah. great to be back on the show. Thanks for the invite. Um, no I really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. You have to thank Chris because I was busy all day doing well, my job. Wow. I was busy driving, doing my job, and Chris was like, "We need to get somebody up. We need to get somebody on." I was like, "Just fucking." Well, that's the thing, you know, Chris. That's I was like, "Just a, ask around, man." When you run a podcast, you have to put other things to the side, like I do. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just you know, well, you I... can't. You got, you got to be dedicated to your craft. 
I didn't realise there's a demand for a Paul Warren lookalike in uh, Derby, but obviously clearly. <laughs> oh my is. God, Simon, can you do keepy uppies? Oh God! You <laughs> no. can go in a full Derby tracksuit as Paul Warren to like. In fairness, I've actually got Derby. I have literally got Derby County tracksuits on. To be honest, there is there is a ram on that there. That camera's a little too low. Simon, Simon, me and Corey will contribute. I'm sure he's got, he's got enough dollars over there. If we get a little PW on your tracksuit bottoms and a PW, yes, yes, yes. that yeah. needs to be done. Yeah, yes. You you need to get PW on each of your kit issues. for Peewee. Yeah, <laughs> but no. I can't believe the abuse I'm getting. We're still on air as well. This is the sort well, of Chris, thing that happens well, off air. Chris, yeah. the world has been. Warned. Oh, crikey, man. Well, Simon, let's hope that we get invited onto Corey's podcast and you can you can reap revenge. Yeah, that's hope so. He can't say anything, Chris. You see, he ain't, he ain't got anything he's to lost, say. He's lost. But I'll he's shut lost. up now so you guys can close out your show. Corey, it's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, Corey. You're never coming on again. <laughs> <laughs> no, appreciate it. Thanks for your time tonight, Corey. And thank you to you guys out there who have listened uh, remember to like subscribe and share as always and also i keep forgetting to do this but you can make chris make make chris feel a bit welcome go follow him on twitter his twitter is at dcfc underscore cmh and obviously also follow rams review on twitter they are at rams review. Yep. Great nice and easy. jobs are good great, great podcast guys great podcast at the rams review so yeah that's the show guys thank you for listening and we shall see you next time and as always come on derby <laughs>